0: Jesus House, in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House, London. God bless you. Heavenly Father, gracious and merciful God, we really do thank you for every opportunity we have to gather together. And that's because of your promise to us that whenever two or more of us are gathered together, anywhere, at any time, there you are in the midst of us. Thank you, Father, for that promise. And we welcome you, Heavenly Father. Or should I say, thank you for drawing us into your presence, Father. Here we are, your children. We come to you to learn of you to seek your face in your word and to understand what it is that you have for us in this day and in this time. And Father, as we all come together, we just ask that you will take absolute control. Holy Spirit, you are the great teacher. There is just nobody like you. You wrote the scriptures through men, so you know all things about it. We just ask that you will come And you will superintend this time that we have together. Holy Spirit, take absolute control. You teach. I'm just your vessel. So you just do what it is you want to do. I give myself to you. It is not my words that we want to hear. It's you we want to hear today. So Holy Spirit, anoint us all to hear and anoint us all to reason, to understand And to receive from you that which it is you have for us today. We bless you and praise you and commit the whole time into your hands in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Okay, so as I was um, preparing for this time and asking what we should do, I came to the um, title of today's uh, session, which I have basically um said on title, the new and you. And that was because of what I felt the Lord was basically asking us to go through. And it's it's quite a lot. I would have liked to spend time going into each one individually, but I think um, the basic the basic uh, principles are very short, but uh, explaining them might take some time. So what I want to do, I hope to do, this session is really go through the slides quickly, um, and then perhaps we can have some conversation as we go through them. Um, I like interactions. so I will ask for you to contribute through the chat. Just to so you know, when I'm, I ask some questions and stuff, if you would, um, if you would sort of um, do something uh, or respond to me that way, that would be really good because I. Uh, I I, I like that kind of interaction every time you go through Bible study. It might look or feel a little unconventional, and that's because I am unconventional. So, okay, so let's start. Right. So the first thing I want to do is I am going to go straight to the scripture for the, um, for the, for the. A month, and um, which is um, Isaiah 43 verses 18 and 19, and we all know this scripture by now, so there's nothing really that is uh, is surprising there. But I'm going to read it because um, I always think the reading of scripture is always good. It helps us to hear as well as um, understand. So Isaiah 43 verse 18: Do not remember the former things. Nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Now. When when I read this when I read this scripture, something spoke to me again. Um, uh, and this is why I love this is why I love God and love the Holy Spirit because every single time I come to read scripture, He just speaks something to me. Um, and when when I read this scripture, something spoke to me um, um, straight away. And what it what it, what it was was this in verse nineteen, it says um behold i will do a new thing now it shall spring forth then he asks a question shall you not know it i know a version says do you not see it um and so i i that caught my attention and i I began to ask myself okay so you know as i do okay so if you're going to know what God is doing. If you're going to recognize it, how how would I recognize what God is doing? Uh, and of course, as I do, I thought about it for a bit, you know. And I know there's another version that says, uh, "Do you not perceive it?" Uh, and that added another dimension to my thoughts because I, I looked and thought about it. If I were looking at something in in the physical, and you were looking and trying to understand or recognize something, there are certain things that we will use. We would. We would either use our minds, our eyes to see, to observe, to be able to see. And therefore we can say, ah, okay, I recognize that. Or we would use our thought processes. So we'll think it through and do some calculations. Okay, if that and that and that, therefore that's it and we'll come to some conclusions. And there were all natural aspects of of things um, in there. Um, But then a thought dropped into my mind. And I said, "Well, okay, if I am to discern it, because it sort of talks about perceiving, and that may not necessarily mean something I can do with my senses or I can understand with my senses." Um, So I thought, "Okay, fine. What do what What does this mean?" And then the thought popped into my mind: If you want to discern it, then you need to understand how God works. and what he has said so two aspects to read how he works because that way when you when you understand how he works you can see patterns and you can observe them in there and okay so i i i I, as i do i went back to the scripture and i landed on genesis chapter one and um a few things came out there which is what i would like to share with share with us today and the first one was uh, so let's read Genesis chapter one um, and we're going to um, read from verses one, two, three. So in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. I'm sure you get tired of these verses after a while because you've read it so many times and, you know, there's a temptation to skip over it or read very quickly through it. I'm going to read it slowly just so that it can speak to us as we go. Um, and again, just as just as just as another tip is that as we go through, I, I'm basically doing this as I would study the Bible. I'm not necessarily going to, you know, just do it like I'm teaching something. I'm doing it as I will study the Bible. So perhaps maybe there might be one or two things that um, might jump out at you that you may also um, have or know, um, and you can. Please share that in the chat as well so that others may learn how you go through and study the Bible. But when I study, I read the scriptures slowly. I don't read it like I read, um, like I'm just reading it on my normal reading. I read it very slowly. So in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. And darkness was on the face of the deep. And the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light or let there be light. And there was light. And as I read that, I thought, okay, so in God's creation, when God was creating, There are a number of things that jumped out at me straight away that were present. And most of us know this already, so I'm not really going to spend too much time on it. The spirit of God was present. Very obvious. We can see that the spirit of God was hovering over the face. And then the God said. Let there be light. So there was the word of God that was present as well, because he spoke words. He said, let there be light. In fact, let there be light is not necessarily the, is not the literal translation. That is the translation that makes it uh, uh, readable. Basically, God said, light be. That's the the Hebrew um, words that were used, light be in itself. And light was. That's, 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 that's the way he did. And that taught me something as well. So when we're making declarations or talking about things is there, it's in certain circumstances, it's a command that we give because God said light be, and it was, and for me, every single thing that is written in scripture, as the scripture says, it is written for us as an example and so God is showing us in a way an example in there, but that's not where I was going. That 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 was just it. But two things there was the spirit and the word. And what spoke to me uh, from that was that for God, whenever He's doing anything, there those two things must be present: the Spirit and the Word. So the next thing would, would for me would be okay, so where in scripture would I find extra examples or anything that supports that view that whenever God does anything, the spirit is present. The word is present. Okay. Um, There are a number of examples, but for time's sake, I'm not going to dwell on, on, on many of them, but you can think through the scriptures that you know and see whether or not that is true. Um, and if it is true then you know fully well that that's a solid principle that you can hold on to all the way through but i'll give two examples both of them in relation to the birth of the lord jesus christ and so both of them matthew chapter 1 verse 20 and matthew, and luke chapter 1 verse 35 we all are very 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 familiar with these scriptures Um, but again i'm going to read through them because like i said when we read through scripture something always happens but while he thought about these things and this is joseph while he thought about these things behold an angel of the lord appeared to him in a dream saying joseph son of david do not be afraid to take to you mary your wife for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Again, indicating that the conception of Mary for the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit was present. It was there. It was involved. Yeah. Okay. Luke one thirty five also very similar, and this was before Mary conceived. Um, The angel um, in in Luke 135, the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born. Oh, right. Let's do our, our declarations. It's it's at 714. So let's do our declarations. So let me let me get that up. Okay. so. Let's do our declarations. So one to go. Oh, Lord, we are your people called by your name. We humble ourselves and we pray and seek your face. We turn from our wicked ways. Hear from heaven, Lord. Forgive our sins and heal our land. In Jesus name we pray. Now, we declare, we declare that our land is healed in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to add to that today. I'm going to say, United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland, be healed in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. So. Right. So. So there we see, again, just one example from two parts of scripture. um, I've taken the example of the Holy Spirit being present in there. And if we look through, especially most of Jesus Christ's ministry, we will see the reference or the presence of the Holy Spirit. And also as we look through Acts, we can see that as well. So there are many scriptures that will corroborate that viewpoint that when god wants to do something when he wants to do anything new he the holy spirit must be involved or is always involved in that okay right so i want to ask us a question at this point when we when we become Born again, actually, no, let, let, yeah, yeah. When we become born again, when we give our lives to Christ, what is the first thing that God does for us? Any answers? Please put it in the in, in the chat. Let's see what you say. When we get born again, or When we give our lives to Christ, when we say the prayer, repentance and forgiveness, and we ask him to come into our lives. What's the first thing that God does for us? Anybody? He gives us his Holy Spirit. God fills us with his spirit. Yep. Yep. Okay. Absolutely correct. That's the first thing. Why? Why would he do that? Why not give us a blessing or something else or power? Why the Holy Spirit? I mean, you may not have thought about it. You may have. So we have his presence and become like him. Reveals himself to us through the Holy Spirit. Yep. Yeah. At full access to him. Gives us new life. Yep. All very correct, perfect answers. Yeah, he is in us, yes. Yeah, marking us as his children, yep, absolutely. Help us to grow in him, absolutely. Okay, the Holy Spirit is the teacher, yep. Christ-likeness. Okay, so yes, we all know and we, we, we 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 understand the that so have you ever thought? then that the Holy Spirit must then therefore be the most important. I use the word thin for now, not because I'm referring to him as a thin, but if God said that that the first thing I need to give them is the Holy Spirit, then that must indicate a level of importance, how important the Holy Spirit is. Yeah. And sometimes I wonder, because it was, it was early this year that that particular thing hit me, the importance of the Holy Spirit. Because when you consider how God works, at the beginning in Genesis chapter 1, the first thing the scripture says is that the Holy Spirit was there, he was present. When Jesus was going to be born, another phenomenal time in the history of humanity. The Holy Spirit was present, involved in it. And then when we repent and we come to him, what does he say? He says he gives us the Holy Spirit. So that to me is an indication of the the, the importance of the Holy Spirit in there. So now for us, now coming back to now and today, right? We, the first thing we do is to receive the Holy Spirit. And of course, we can go through what happens then, all the other things that happen. There's a whole host of things that happen, but that's not necessarily where um, I, I want to spend time on in there, right? But we also see what happened to Jesus, because when Jesus When Jesus was baptized, even though the Holy Spirit Spirit was there at the beginning for him to begin the ministry, the Holy Spirit was uh, also—I don't want to use the word "given," but let's say "given." But it came upon him to empower him for ministry as well, and we see that in as it is in Luke chapter three, verse twenty-two. And the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. And the voice came from heaven, which said, you are my beloved son. In you, I am well pleased. So that, is, that, that shows us to a certain extent the importance of the Holy Spirit in there. And for us, right, exactly the same thing he gave, the first thing he did for us was to give us the Holy Spirit, yeah? And of course, we know that with that, we're born again, we receive new life. We've gone, we've gone through all of that. We pass from life to death in there. And those are just scriptures just to support the fact that when the Holy Spirit was given to us, something phenomenal happened to us in there. And by the, by the grace of God, all of us on this particular call are filled with the Holy Spirit. We have the person of the Holy Spirit in us. Yeah. So when it comes to the new, when it comes to the new, then we have the most important gift of all for what is to come, for what God is about to do, whatever that is, the most important gift or the most important person in that whole thing of whatever God does, the Holy Spirit has been given to us. He is with us. So what does he bring? What does the Holy Spirit bring now, I know that there are many things that he gives, many different gifts, you know, and please feel free to, to drop into the chat the things that the Holy Spirit gives. I want to see if anyone, yep, power, if, if people come up with, the, with some of the things I'm just going to share with, with us today. Peace. Yes, indeed. I love that one piece, because I always remember when the angels were proclaiming the birth of Jesus Christ to the shepherds who were in the field. They said, peace on earth and goodwill to all men. They declared the word of God, which was peace, meaning all that battle, all that war, all that rebellion from God ended. God has made peace with men. Our helper. Yep. Joy, comfort. Conviction, love, direction, comfort. Yep. Hope. Yep. All these things the Holy Spirit gives us in there. Yeah. Is our advocate. Now, with all of these things, i just like to ask one question. How does that help us with the new that God wants to do? All the things that the Holy Spirit gives to us. How does that help us with the new or what God what wants God wants to do? Because what did He say to us? He is doing a new thing. How does that help us with that? Yeah. Now we may spend time on saying what is the new thing? What is that? But the question is how does how does it help us? He gives us direction. Yep, that's true. Equi- equips us and guides us through the new. Yep. That's right. Ensures it comes to pass. Great one. Yep. Yep. Recreates our mind. Right. Absolutely. Yep. Right thinking produces right results. Awesome. Correct. Absolutely. Reassure us, reassures us that he is in control. Yep. Absolutely true. In there. Okay. Perfect. 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 Okay. Right. Let me also share three things. And I think these things are. Uh, very, 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 very key and important in terms of going forward into the new. Yep. He enables activation of the new. Yes. Eliminates time-wasting. Shapes our character. Yep. That's right. Teaches us. Yep. Okay. Thank you. Thank you all. Great contributions. Absolutely all spot on in there. Every single one spot on. He heals us absolutely true indeed all the time and I'm expecting that as he's present with us because the scripture tells me I think it's in Luke um, might be chapter five or chapter eight when Jesus was in the house um, and the scripture says and the power of God was present to heal so wherever he is I expect that to be so father we ask you Wherever there is a, he, a need for healing, as you are here with us because we are delighting ourselves in you. Father, I'm just asking that you will just give us the desire of our hearts to have whole and well well uh, well-equipped physical bodies minds and souls in the name of Jesus Christ. Heal us, O oh Father. Let your healing waters flow over each and every one of us in the name of Jesus Christ. Right. Okay. So yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So I want to share three things. And I think these three things are going to be needed on this journey for the new. Um, and we can we can we can talk about why as we go along. So three things. The first one is this thing called spiritual insight, revelation, understanding, stroke light, whichever way you want to put it. I like the word light um, because the first thing that God said when he started in the beginning, he said, light be. And, you know, I thought about that. And I said, light be. All right. So let me ask a question. When you hear those words, light be, or let there be light, whichever one you say, what comes to your mind when you hear that? What do you think that's relating to? Or what is the scripture saying to us at that point in time? Yeah. Any thoughts? Understanding, brightness, clarity? Yeah. You people are hot. Bringing us out of darkness, right? Okay. So, victory over darkness in Genesis chapter light B. Yep. Okay. I see that. I see that. Rama revelation. Yep. Okay. Okay absolutely yep knowledge openness yep all very apt all very correct so you know i remember many years ago as young one let there be light and i used to think okay that's light daylight light as it is you know that that we see um open our eyes open the eyes of our understanding yep um, I, I, and I used to think when I read that Genesis 1, chapter 3, and it says, let there be light, and there was light, I used to think it was light, until I moved further down, and I saw that on day 4, he created the sun and the moon to give light to the earth, and I'm thinking, okay, so what did he create in, in verse 3 then, what was that? So that obviously, to me, pointed out that there was a lot more in the word light when he spoke in there yeah now let me take us to another angle is that the scripture tells us i think it's in 1 john when 1 john says that in 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 god is light and in him there is no darkness at all god is light and in him there is no darkness at all so when god said light be at the beginning what was he saying then yeah if he is light and he's and he said light be i think there's a lot more and it's not like I see if i have the answer but that troubles me it makes me think a little bit it makes me want to understand What that light means when he says light be in the beginning. Now, I understand when he created the sun, he gathered that light together. He put it in the sun so the sun can give light to the earth. Great. Yeah, absolutely. So I have a suggestion here. Radiance. Yep. God's radiance. God's splendor. God's light be came in in there again in revelation we see that in revelation i think it's chapter 21 again when the new earth and um, and the new heaven and the new earth his light is he says that you no know, there, there will be no need of the sun why because god will be the light again so there is absolutely something very not just mystical about light or very important about light in itself but in the context of 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 what we see in scripture one of the things light refers to is just as many of us have said in in this in 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 the chat it's radiance it's all about revelation it's about understanding it's about knowing it's all about seeing all those things so basically um that um that that's basically uh what 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 the scripture is relating to so I want us to have a look at 1 Corinthians 2 verses 9 to 16, and I'm going to read that from the New King James Version, right? Okay, so it says, but as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man, the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit, for the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now, we have received, not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but with, which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But... The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. So um, I, 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 I read that scripture. And when I read it, something else jumped out at me again this time around, which is why I love the word of God. We've read that, holy, that scripture. We know that the Holy Spirit reveals to us the things that God um Uh, The things that God has for us. But the scripture, first of all, starts off in verse 9 by saying three things. It says um, there are three ways of knowing. The first one it mentions is the eye and the air. Eye has not seen. Air has not heard. And these are our physical organs. Right? We use them every time. So the eye has not seen, the ear has not heard. Now we can look at it and say, okay, it's talking about the spiritual eye and the spiritual air. I somehow don't think so. I think that is more about the physical because it is like you look at it, um, you look at it and you recognize that um, the eye and the air that has not seen is talking about things have not been revealed. They, they can't see these things in there. yeah. And then he goes on to mention another one, which is the heart or the mind, which is our capacity to reason and our intellect. So basically, he's saying here that, look, you have not seen it with your eyes. You've not heard it with your senses. You've not seen it. You've not even thought about it. It's not even coming to your intellect or to your reasoning to even begin to consider it. And then he then talks about a third one. One of the tools that I use when I am um when I am studying is this tool called eSword. And I'm not recommending it to anything, I use it, but I um I, I want you to just point out something. And you can actually do this in any strong concordance or anything, but I, I just wanted to just um point out something here. So um, first Corinthians chapter two and I'm going to go to verse nine and I'm going to go to the word prepared because this one struck me and it hit me and I was like whoa okay um, the word prepared right okay so he says to make ready to prepare that is to make the necessary preparations to get everything ready, yeah, um, and to make to make necessary pre- preparations. Okay, um, well, there's one that says goes ahead of us to prepare the way. Um, so basically, God is saying here that the the things which God has prepared he's gone ahead he's done it beforehand it's already been done for us and he's gone ahead so those things that he has said that he's going to do those new things that he said he's going to do he's already gone ahead to prepare it but for whom for those who love him and again we'll come to love in a minute i don't want to spend time on it but it is about that love. And that was the the point that struck me, that that thing is only ever seen through the eyes of love. It's through that love that we see or find or receive or get that from him. I wanted to ask if light is not understood as the sun in the sky, but understanding a and revelation then when the bible refers to the day in genesis 1 verse 5 um, what could that be since we now understand that this is not 24 hour day since it was separated from the darkness day is is it a pure light good question good question okay now um let me Without, being, without, being, um, without going into too much science or scientific evidence, um, one of the things that I recognize in scripture is that every single scripture has layers of interpretation. Um, it's never just one thing in there. But in the terms of the physical, when we talk about light, um the the um the word the hebrew word used there is or uh um which basically means um illumination um that's the that's the that's the basic illumination the Greek equivalent of it is photon um which again for some of us or photos i think it is or photos or photon for some of us who are science, science majors will recognize that that photon is a light cell or an atom of light. I, I don't remember the actual bit in it. It's an element of light. It's, it's, the, it's, the, it's the thing that contains light. The lowest or smallest uh, particle of light is called a photon. Now, whether that was what God created and in the beginning when he said, like, be, yeah, um, And that was the physical thing, which sort of just diffused into the whole, into the whole earth at that time. And the darkness just receded because of that. So, you know, just if you can imagine streams and streams and streams of photons, for want of a better way of describing it, coming in at once and then dispersing the light, then he creates order out of it by organizing it and then sets it um, day and night, both Physically and metaphorically, and uh, if you if you like in there, so both of them interpretations of that um, will not necessarily be incorrect on many levels. If we if if you see what I mean, but the, the 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 Hebrew word is more about illumination. So, which if we think about illumination, it's both a physical property, but also it's a it's a um, um, uh, I, 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 the word is failing me now. Um, it's also uh, um, a non-physical property. Yeah, uh, it's, non, it's, it's not. It's also a non-physical property. Okay. So anyway. So um, let 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 me go back to, to to love. So there is a revelation that happens in that place of love. Uh, it's a revelation. That happens in that place of love. Of love. Now, um, some twenty-five, verse fourteen, and you can you can you can read that in that in your time, especially in the TPT version, says that there is a place beside God where He reveals His revelation secrets to the lovers of God. In there, um, in in the in the in the um, more contemporary versions, it talks about um, Him revealing His covenant or covenants to them basically basically the closer you get to him the more is revealed to us so in this journey of the new one of the things that i felt god was saying is that that relationship with him is absolutely critical for us to see and know what he's doing because remember the question And I remember when he said he's doing a new thing and he asked the question, shall you not know it? And that's not, uh, okay, it's there, you see it. It's a discernment. It's something that comes out of that relationship with him. Um, So if we take anything at all away from this, it is the fact that for us to gain more insight knowledge revelation understanding we need to come closer to him in that place of relationship with him yeah and that's why that one says that he in, in, in second corinthians chapter uh First Corinthians chapter 1 uh, chapter 2, verse 9, it says that the, the what God has prepared for those who love him. So in that place of that love, those things that are prepared are revealed and they're revealed by the Holy Spirit. So critically for us on this journey, for us to see and know, even to know where we're going to launch out into, that relationship we've got to build and develop that relationship of love with him okay so that's one thing i wanted to talk about there the second is this thing called love yeah the second is this thing called love now um we did talk about it briefly we just mentioned it as in those things that have been prepared for those who love him and you and I love him in itself. But what I wanted us to do is to consider what love means. Because if we truly understand what love means, then we will be fulfilling almost everything that we need to fulfill To have those things that have been prepared for us, revealed to us, and manifested in the earth. So, I want us to read Romans chapter 5, verse 5. Romans chapter 5, verse 5. Okay, right. Romans chapter 5, verse 5. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So there we go. We have the Holy Spirit gives us that illumination, the light that we need, the light that brings us closer, that that enables us to recognize or know or see or perceive or have that which God has prepared for us. Right. He's poured the love of God in our hearts and it, because of time, I wouldn't go and ask the questions that came into my mind at that time, is that what does the scripture mean, the love of God? Is it the love for God? Is it the love of God, as in God's kind of love? Or is it um, uh, the, the love that enables us, God's love that enables us to love someone else? You know, and uh, I I did think about that. I've meditated on that for a while um, and I have come to the conclusion because of two scriptures where Jesus says that as your father in heaven is perfect you also be perfect my paraphrase in there Um, and when he says the commandment I give to you is to love one another as I have loved you In there. So obviously, he wouldn't be telling us to do something if he hasn't given us the capacity to do it. And so I just wanted us to understand a little bit when he talks about love that we now have a reflection of it. And I'll throw in that story of the Samaritan and again I'm not necessarily going to go in there because it's not really about those scriptures or going deep. It's about what God is saying to us about the things that we need on this journey. And I think that's light, love in this case. And it's that self-given love. That love that doesn't actually wonder whether or not the person who is rece- who is being given to actually deserves it or not that kind of love that always seeks the best for the person that is standing in front of them the neighbor whoever that neighbor may be whether the person is a friend or an enemy it's wanting the very best for that person in there no matter what the case even at times not even at times at all times even to the detriment of one's own self in itself, you know, and we call it agape love. And I'm sure if I had said agape, people would have had different thoughts in their mind. But um, it's, one of those, it's one of those things that separate us, especially Christians, because it's a choice it is something you choose to do it's not something you feel it's not something and i and i could go in and many scriptures and stuff just to just to point point that out but the idea is really just for us to recognize in terms of it that god's kind of love is the one that works to promote the welfare and the well-being of others and not necessarily of themselves in there, so and um, in, in 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 these three things, this is what the Holy Spirit has poured in our hearts, and that's why Jesus could give us the commandments and tell us that if we love one another, then we will show the world that we are His disciples. In there, um, so that that's love. And again, I'm going to um, go to the third one, and that is life. Now, this one is, again, um, a, a, a concept. If you, if you ever want to do a real great study, look go into any Bi- Bible search tool and enter the word light or love or life, and you will see the number of scriptures that will come up. And if you take your time to go through each and every one of them, I can guarantee you, you will be a changed person in as you read through that. And when you read through it, don't just read what the scripture itself says, read the context before and after and see how that is being used. It's life changing. Those three things, light, love and life. Um, the use in scripture is really amazing. And this one, I want to focus on certain things. First things first, John chapter 5, verse 26. Um, and I'm doing this because I want to show uh, something here that the scripture says. John chapter 5, verse 26. And it says, for as the father has life in himself, so he has granted the son to have life in himself. Okay, if we back up to verse 21, Jesus says, For as the father raises the dead and gives life to them, even so the son gives life to whom he wills. So, and if we then look at John 10:10, 10, 10, Jesus tells us very all these scriptures very familiar. John 10:10, 10, 10, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it abundantly. So Jesus says he's come that we may have life. And I got thinking, what does he mean by life? I mean, I read the scripture many times and I began to ask the question. So I looked at the uses of life in the scripture and it's used to denote our own um, our own Physical life, i.e., what we lead, uh, the way we breathe, and all those stuff. And that's how that's life, as in a human life, a living being. It's used to describe the period through which we live. So that period which we live, um, it's also used to describe um, all the things that we do, all the activities that we do, the things that happen to us. The, all those things are in there, but. If that was what Jesus was talking about, that he came that we may have in abundance, then were we missing it? Are we missing it? Is there anything there that is not... We could say that the quality of it is not great, but if it is about physical life, okay, we're all living. Um, If it is about the period of time, we all have a period of time on earth. If it is about... um, the totality of man's relationships and activities, yeah, all of us go through life. We do stuff, you know, but what he came and this is my con- my my conclusion is that the life he's talking about is that essence of God that is described in John chapter five, where he said God has given has uh, has life in himself and what's that life, that creative ability of God, that creative power that creates things, that make, makes things new, that that comes, that has that, that um, how do you put it, that intelligence, that, that that superior knowledge, that wisdom that allows us to be creative in everything. So if you put all those three things together, the Holy Spirit brings all those three things for us. And those three things are there for us. So as we're going out into the new, wherever we're launching out to on his direction, that's where his word comes in. That word that he gives. Remember in the beginning in John chapter one, there were those two things that were there, the spirit and the word. So the spirit is already there with us. He's in us. We have light. We have life. We have love. The the degree to which we have it, that's another story. We We can come to that another time. But where we are right now is we have all those things in there, three things in there, right? So we have a responsibility to cultivate those three things through our relationship with the Holy Spirit. That's me shortening all the things that I wanted to do because of time. But there's one last thing I want us to know. And this should encourage each and every one of us. And that is this bit here. The Holy Spirit and I. So now that we are ready, now that we are going out, now that we're launching out, what is he going to do? He leads us. yeah. And I put Romans 8.14. Those who are led by the Spirit, those are the sons of God. We we, we know that scripture um, in, in there. But what struck me was the word that was used that was that is the word led. It's the same word that was used for Jesus when he was, after he had been baptized in in um, Matthew um, chapter four, I think it is, when he was baptized, and he says he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. He was led to be tempted by the Spirit. By the by, by by Satan, I think was it, yes, in chapter four, verse one. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness. And when I looked at the meaning of the word led, when I looked at the meaning of the word led, I was astonished to understand that it is not just him pointing us in the direction, it is actually him taking hold of us. So I have this, this, this image in my head where he's grabbing me by the shoulder and he's just leading me where I ought to go. Yeah. Now, of course, you can imagine if you and I don't really know where we're going, if we don't really know where we want to go or where he wants to take us or where he's leading us to, we will want to go that way. So it becomes a tug of war. No, 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 that way. And he said, "Mm -mm, this way, yeah. But he does not leave us alone. We are not there to find the way ourselves. He takes hold of us, grabs hold of us. So that's what he says there. He says to lead, to take with one. So he's holding on to us, taking us with one. It says there, it's it's that by the laying hold of yeah. So it's, it's a very picturesque um, um, thing that happens when he does this. So even in the use of the love, even in the use of the light, even in the use of the life, in everything he leads, if we will let him. So in the next few minutes, two minutes that we have left, I just want each and every one of us. To just contemplate a little bit and just pray and just talk to the Holy Spirit and just say to him, you know what, Holy Spirit, I want you to lead me. Wherever you want to go, I want to go. Let's just pray. We'll end that way today. Father, thank you for your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you know the journey. You know what has been prepared for us who love God. And you lead. You've given us light. You've given us love. You've given us life. Lord Jesus, now we are saying to you, Holy Spirit, take hold of us and lead us where we ought to go. We give ourselves to you. Even at this hour, Lord Yes, we may not fully understand. Yes, we may not fully have received the revelation or know where it is you are asking us to go. But we're saying, take hold of the revelation that we receive. And you you, you reveal to us what we need to know. Lead us where we ought to go. Let your love, let it flow forth from us. Take that love that you have put in us and let it flow forth from us. And let us give life to everyone whom we come into contact with. Having the knowledge and the understanding that is that which restores, which helps, which rebuilds, which creates, which has wisdom. that, that, That life that makes the other person better, that makes the places, the environments that we're in better. That creative ability of yours, we're saying Holy Spirit, Take hold of us and lead us, lead us to fulfill that which it is you have. That's what you want to do. And we give ourselves to you for you to do it. We pray not just for ourselves on this call, but we pray for every man, woman, and child in Jesus' house and in the body of Christ. We are your people. We are the sheep of your pasture. Take hold of us, O Spirit of of God, and lead us and take us wherever you want us to go. We'll go with you. We'll do whatsoever it is you want us to do. You just take hold of us and lead us. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus Christ, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. Thank you for joining. Hope you've had a great time. Hope it ministered to you. Hope it's something that you will look on. And please don't believe everything I say. Take a look at it yourself. Dig into it and and, and prove me right or wrong, whichever way you choose. God bless you all. And have a great evening.